This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Sally Illingworth, a prominent LinkedIn media personality and influencer strategist. She'll help us think differently about how our marketing and our business on social media can really change the game. Sally shares specific behavioral strategies to turn your passion into intentional and purposeful connections. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You are an a wonderful LinkedIn influencer. Sally Illingworth is here today. Thanks for joining, Sally. Thanks so much for having me, Melanie. Uh, you know, I have been connected to you through LinkedIn and just watching all the exciting things that you're doing to really help the population connect to LinkedIn. And so several months ago, I said, I really would love for you to come on and share your story. And so intentional actions take time. And so here it is, February. <laughs> And it's so great because what people don't know is we're recording. It's almost 11 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday, and it's two, almost 3 o'clock in the morning where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so the dedication, <laughs> it's... Uh, well, that's, that's the beauty of LinkedIn, right, is it connects people from across the globe. It does. It does. And so I so want to just open this up and say... Thank you very much for getting up in the middle of the night for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. It's really no, great. No, that's fine. It's, um, I'm quite a night owl anyway, so it was sort of, um, I was like, oh, I'll just extend this night a little bit longer. Um, so, you yeah, know, that's perfectly fine. Well, I appreciate it. I wanted to read something as we kick this off, because so many people think about, you know, social media today, and Facebook is a certain dynamic, and LinkedIn has a different dynamic, and Instagram, and Twitter. And so when we talk about LinkedIn, it's such a professional level. And and so when people say, you know, different than Facebook in being real um, casual, right? And so when we go to LinkedIn, we think, oh, we have to have our professional headshot, and we have to act a certain way, and we have to do certain behaviors to be accepted on LinkedIn. And what I love about you is you push the limits and you challenge us. Yeah. You really do. You challenge everybody to say, yeah, just because this is LinkedIn, you don't have to be that way. You can still be yourself, right? <laughs> and that's what I love. And so real quick, I want to read this quote that is on your LinkedIn profile. And I think it connects people to kind of what your passion is. And it's... Mm-hmm. Um, It's one of your recommendations, and it's from one of your followers. And it says, the best thing about Sally is her crave to add value in people's life in any possible way. And I really believe that because when you watch something that you're doing to promote uh, a new LinkedIn um, access or anything, it's just you make it really fun and lighthearted. And so people that might have fears of getting on LinkedIn and doing something, you just make it really easy for them. So I just want to... I'm glad to hear that. Can I just say that recommendation sounds... It sounds so much nicer when someone reads it out. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's it's really true. So I just wanted to to lift people and let them understand when they look at Sally Illingworth on any social media, you really need to go to LinkedIn because you're making a brand for everybody to step into. So thank you for that. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for sort of, I suppose, yeah, paying attention. That's been one of the most exciting things about it, I think, is that, you know, particularly when I got started with LinkedIn, I think that was the beauty of it is I wasn't, um, because I hadn't really been using it prior, I didn't have any of those sort of limiting thoughts around how you should be using it. Uh, and as the video feature had sort of not long become available, um, in that sense, you know, I think sort of as you mentioned earlier, like it really sort of threw people off because, you know, being one of sort of the, the earlier people to start using video in a very, very raw and authentic way, um, I think people were sort of quietly craving it on LinkedIn. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people were a little bit shocked by it, you know, because you were like myself as well as a lot of people now just so comfortable, so natural on camera. Um, but I, I'm sort of grateful that I didn't get into the habit of, you know, feeling like I had to make it, my, my videos something they aren't or overly professional or overly sort of sterile because um, that really just takes away the humanness from it. So it's been exciting in that sense. Mm-hmm. So with LinkedIn, you know, thinking about that being your professional resume and having people see you for what you really are and your strengths so that they can maybe look at you differently and say, I would like to hire that person because I see something that they're bringing to the table that may not just be on a piece of paper. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, at an event, actually, and it was sort of just after we'd finished delivering the content, and uh, someone actually said to me, they said, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. People want to see the person behind the profile. And I said, that's actually exactly it. That's what it's all about because, you know, I think, of course, there are certain things you should be doing, um, you know, in your best interest to make sure that you are representing yourself at your best on LinkedIn. Um, But you don't want to get stuck in a trap where you think it has to be completely different to who you actually are. Um, You know, and of course, there's certain sort of, um, I suppose, you know, things you will do in terms of maybe what you do broadcast on LinkedIn, you know, sort of the the sort of industry jokes so that, you know, make sure your profile photo is not of you drinking on the weekend, you know, or something (laughs) like that. And I think those things certainly apply, but particularly when it comes to trying to use your personal brand to land a job or get headhunted, whatever the scenario is, I think, you know, people are certainly becoming more comfortable with the idea of showing a bit more of their personality. And, you know, I always say to people with the profile photo thing as well, that, you know, don't get this professional looking photo that everyone tells you to get where you look like you're actually about to be just sort of put in prison, you know, cause you're really <laughs> stiff and you're up behind a plain ball and you just look really uncomfortable because as much as we shouldn't judge, you know, a book by its cover, but we are visual beings, you know, so a, a profile photo, as simple as it may seem, can make a very big difference to how someone sort of <clears throat> engages with your profile um, and then what decisions they make from there. And I think the other thing is that it's even interesting from, uh, say, a company or an employer standpoint in terms of how they use the platform. You know, just as much as an employee needs to be um, sort of, you know, making sure that they want to make sure that they look employable, you know, or they look like the best sort of personality fit or culture fit for a business. I think companies, there's quite a bit of pressure on companies and businesses to do the same, Um, you know, because we are connected. For example, through LinkedIn, we're presented with so many different choices and so many different opportunities. And in that sense, it's highly competitive, you know, and, and there's less and less geographical constraint as things like LinkedIn become more powerful. Um, and in that sense, there's pressure on, I think, both sides of the market to really just sort of be a little bit more real about things and, you know, not try and hide behind a logo or hide behind a CV and just really 
sort of embrace who you are, what you've done and, and what you can add to a company or, you know, um, what you as a company can potentially add to an employee. Mm-hmm. Because two people with the same resumes went to the same schools, were educated in the same format, can have two different strength sets, you know, and that's just because we're human. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, LinkedIn brings out that human capacity to say that's the connection, right? That's why you may want to do something or be influenced in a certain way. And that's why there's all these groups on LinkedIn, just like there are Facebook and followers on Instagram, but I think it's so important what you bring is how do you brand that um, that casualness to become more professional, right? It, because it is about mm-hmm. how do you show up in a boardroom and use your strengths to deliver the message that you that is within you, you know, that you're trying to influence someone and, and their behavior. And so how do you do that, right, in your own manner? And I think that's what's so important about Sally and Sally's brand is is you just give people permission. You You do. You give people permission to say, I can do that too. Yeah. And it's interesting, right, because as much as, you know, there's there's still, you know, a large portion of people still a little bit uncomfortable with the idea, you know, if I – for example, you know, I have a little bit of inspiration on the weekend or, you know, midweek and I'm wearing Nike shorts and I decide to record a video and put it on LinkedIn, you know, and <laughs> and sort of we've been conditioned to think that if you're wearing Nike shorts, that's it's not appropriate to talk about that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and I think it's just a, a matter of sort of redefining what it actually means to be professional, you know, because really it just relates to competence. And I think as things like social media become more prolific in our day-to-day lives, we have that greater transparency to what's going on with other people. And as a result, that's changing that professional landscape. And, you know, I think one of the most important things about being a little bit more, um, I suppose, you know, uh, I suppose uh, comfortable with the idea of being a bit more of yourself and showing a bit of your personality um, and appreciating that that doesn't necessarily sort of deteriorate your comp- uh, your competence. Um, you know, there's, there's so much power in that because when you say, for example, proactively go out there and build your brand on LinkedIn or, you know, sort of raise awareness about who you are, what you do and how you can potentially help a company um, or if you're a company, maybe it's what you can potentially offer to an employee. What happens is you actually make um you make for like a more seamless sort of um I suppose connection point if you like. Mm-hmm. So you eliminate a lot of the cold element of it. So even if you look at traditional sales, you know, cold calling, right? This concept of you contact people and really you may be only speaking to them on the phone or even in today's day and age, you know, it's still it's becoming more and more prolific. Um, you know, you send them an email you've never met before and you're trying to mass market in a in a very cold manner. Um, but if you proactively at enterprise and or personal level um, are really ensuring that you're putting yourself out there and just sort of, um, you know, sharing with people what you're all about, what happens is it actually makes it easier for them to warm themselves to you and it changes the conversation and dialogue completely. Um, you know, it's really, really interesting because people, it's sort of that, that idea of when someone walks up to you after they've seen you online and they say, I feel like I already know you. Mm -hmm. And when you can get people to say that from either end of the spectrum, um, so whether you're in, uh, you know, at an enterprise level or you're the employee, say, um, or you're a business owner, when people start to say that, that's when you you really know that you're actually um, doing it effectively. 
um, because then they don't feel like they're being lied to, you know, because you're hiding behind a logo. Um, and as a result, they're, they're more comfortable having conversations with you around how you could potentially engage. So I think that's one of the most powerful things about us. Mm-hmm. And it's what you bring up is so important because so many people, you know, that haven't maybe had a lot of interaction and engagement in social media and then their life changes. Right. So professionally, they say, oh, uh, I've been downsized or I'm looking for a new career or I finished my education. And so now I have to go on the job hunt. And so they have to produce Mm. something that looks different on paper, you know, that that really Mm. uh, highlights the things that they um, are interested in. And so I want your opinion on this, because a lot of people say, you know, well, I'm a CPA. I went to to, um, you know, accounting school and I got my CPA degree. And so now I want to post this on LinkedIn. And so your recommendation for profiling, right, branding yourself, it really isn't about that title. How do you recommend or, yeah. or, or help people kind of work through, you know, what do they say about themselves then? Yeah, it's interesting um, because surprisingly, the one of the most popular categories, if you like, um, or classifications, if yeah, of content on LinkedIn actually relates to content where people say celebrate themselves or talk about themselves. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, one of the other top ones relates to, you know, industry news um, tips around a particular industry or a particular niche. Um, so in that sense, it, it's people on LinkedIn tend to react quite positively if you go on there and talk about yourself. So whether it's, you know, we achieved this milestone in the business today or I just finished, you know, this degree at university um, or I just landed my new job or even when people go on and go, I feel great, I just got made redundant, you know, people on LinkedIn seem to sort of really love it when you celebrate yourself. So in that sense, as much as it's not all about a title, I think whatever your objective is, so if, for example, your objective is to land ABC job, and the, the university degree you've just completed is going to um, help sort of position you as a good candidate for that job, then it's certainly something you should be talking about and you should be leveraging. Um, but on the same token, if it's not something you do want to lean on, um, then there's no shame either in not talking about it that much. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges for most of us, um, whether it's trying to decide whether or not we should talk about, yeah, the, the university degree that we just completed, um, whatever the scenario is, one of the biggest challenges is a lot of us do struggle to talk about ourselves, you know, and we think that it will come across in the wrong way. Um, and so I think it's just a matter of trying to get comfortable with that um, or at least looking at and going, okay, well, what have I done? For example, I've just gone to university and learned this or studied this um, or I've just left this job. Maybe you were made redundant, maybe you quit, um, whatever the scenario is, maybe the business, you know, sort of collapsed. Um in any scenario, whether it feels like it's a positive or a negative, how can you take away some of the key learnings from that um, and uh, sort of create a narrative out of them that's actually going to help you position yourself for whatever it is that you want to do next? Um, and that's easier said than done um, because you sort of have to look at yourself and the situation you're in um, sort of as objectively as possible. Um, but I know myself personally, you know, getting started with LinkedIn I had no specific commercial agenda, no specific career agenda, um, and that was certainly what I lent on, was looking at what experiences have I had in the past, you know, what have I learned, and how can I extract the learnings from that 
and talk about them in a video or write an article um, to demonstrate certain skills I've developed as a result. Um, and that's been one of the most powerful things. And anyone I work with now or speak to now or coach now, um, that's certainly the, the sort of route they're following as well. And so, yeah, it's difficult for mm-hmm. <laughs> some. Um, I think, you know, the, the art of the start is to start. Um, and I always tell people, you know, even if it's, say, a video and you want to talk about something, even if you've got to record 101 videos before you put one out, that's fine. Even if you look back at my early videos talking about things, I mean, I wouldn't even look at the camera. And it's funny to watch now because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm not even looking at the camera. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it's we've got to get comfortable with the idea that it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, but at the, on the same note, it is becoming increasingly important because we are competing on a global scale, um, no matter what position we're in um, as an employee or even as a business owner. It's all about attention. So how can you, um, in a non um, sort of, you know, not just for the purpose of your ego, but how can you really figure out how to tap into the attention of the people that you need to be um, and penetrate the right conversations and Unfortunately, you know, that does mean really putting yourself out there because you are unique in your own way um, and logos just aren't really cutting it anymore. So, it's in, yeah, it's a massive conversation. It is. Well, it's so important because I, I feel like, um, and I'm a little bit older than you, so, you know, thinking about the people that I'm surrounded with and from a, a professional environment, it seems like we're all going through a lot of changes in workplaces. Mm-hmm. So many of my friends have worked for places for 20, 25 years maybe. And so either they are choosing to leave for new careers or they're being pushed out. And so it's really interesting mm-hmm. because I see this whole influence of how do you represent yourself when they've never maybe really tapped into social media and this presence. And so it's about branding. It's about not having that not carrying that negative baggage, you know, like you would want to put on other maybe social media platforms to say, hey, this is what, this is how I show up and this is what I'm trying to attract. And so I think that's what you bring. And I think one of the videos that, that strikes me as really funny is when you were stretching out, you were like holding the position for a really long time and saying, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm going to talk through this video because, <laughs> because I'm going to show you how uncomfortable it can be. But it's so true. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone to say, what do you see that you want next? And who are you trying to attract? And so I think that's what you really help. That's what I see you really help people doing is... Um, if they haven't gone through change and they're experiencing it and they're trying to connect in a different way, that's where they need to follow you and, and get you involved in their learning because uh, you're really effective with that. Thank you. And I think you make a good point. You know, it's, um, you know, particularly so, like traditionally, you know, you look at corporate environments and, you know, I sort of exaggerate it. And, you know, they've got a 213 page social media policy or, you know, PR policy. So, you know, like if you look at like sort of the traditional rules, if you like, when you work for a company, you know, it's the little things like if you get contacted by a media agency, you don't offer any comment, you know. So if you are coming out of those environments, as you just sort of mentioned with some examples, say you have been working with one company for 25 years and now you're going through that career change, whether it's by, um, you know, sort of voluntarily or involuntarily, um, in that scenario, the thought of maybe even creating a LinkedIn profile, because if you've been employed for 25 years consistently, you may have never even thought about your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, so there's the thought of it, which can feel very um, sort of intimidating. You know, like, oh, God, I've got to update my LinkedIn profile. You know, I don't even know what's in my CV anymore. But then there's the sort of next step to that, which is, oh, okay, and then once I've done that, I should probably start really trying to nurture my personal brand as best as I can so I stand out, you know, um, and sort of give myself the best uh, – possible opportunity to get that next job or, you know, build the business I want to. Um, and so that's just, you know, a new level because if you have been in those environments where one, you haven't already been relying on something like LinkedIn or using it. Um, and then second to that, you've been in an environment where you've been constrained by social media policies, um, you know, notably for good reason in most cases. Um, it's a massive mindset shift that you have to go through, you know, to be able to train yourself to get out of those limiting thoughts. Um, and it's even difficult for companies to manage that, um, you know, because they need to keep certain, I suppose, you know, practices in place, for example, social media policies, PR policies, whatever, to ensure that they maintain their own reputation. Um, but it is difficult for them because that's very much working against the way that we are evolving in terms of how we, you know, talk about things, how we use technology, how we share stories and so forth. So I can appreciate you. So many people are in that scenario where they feel like they don't know which way to go mm-hmm. um, because they're like, well, I need to use social media, but never used it before for my career. So yeah, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It, it, because maybe it's like, it, that. well, we did that but it was a department that helped us do that, right? And so now it's all on my shoulders because mm. I have to represent my strengths and I have to get my my brand out there to the world. So um, that's what I think is so interesting about social media in general. And and so you have to kind of think about who you're influencing. And and so I have, for you, you know, who influenced you, Sally, to kind of give you the courage to kind of step into your own strengths? Who was that for you? <laughs> Um, that's interesting. Um, I would certainly say it would have been, uh, probably a a sort of, I don't want to say a large number, but other people on other social media platforms for me in terms of venturing into this, you know, content sort of marketing space, personal branding space on LinkedIn. Um, but there was also one person in particular, um, in Australia who, um, he, he runs a business called Success Resources. So they represent, you know, some very, very, um, sort of, you know, esteemed people. Like they recently had, say, Richard Branson over, you know, they look after Tony Robbins and so forth. And, um, fortunate to know him, him reasonably well. And I think I'd sort of been putting up maybe a video here or there on Instagram. And he said, you know, you've got, you've got a skill to talk. You should use it. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And, um, you know, I just sort of like took it, didn't think much of it. Um, but it was sort of at that time, and that was the reason I put a few videos on Instagram, was because I was fascinated by what was happening um, on social media where I was like, why are so many people watching videos? You know, what are people doing? Like, you know, don't have jobs to do or something like that. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And I sort of had that sort of ounce of encouragement from um, Michael Lane. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And I chose LinkedIn because I thought, you know what, this is going to be the safest place for me because I don't really have a profile on there and I don't know anyone. I don't feel like I know anyone. So my mum's not going to laugh at me. My brother's not going to make jokes and whatever. So that was sort of how it all came about. Um, And even on that note, I think it was my third video on LinkedIn 
um, where, as you sort of flagged before, like I was really pushing the boundaries. That was the first one where I was wearing night shorts. I had an oversized jumper on. It was about 6 o'clock at night, and I recorded a video on the car. And um, it just went completely off. I got hammered for my shorts. I got hammered for my jumper. I got hammered for sitting in a car. I got hammered for having a coffee cup in my car. And none of that stuff bared any relevance to what I actually spoke about in the video and so, you know, being my third video in on LinkedIn, that really challenged me. Um, you know, I remember speaking to two very close friends of mine and I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? This is like a mini PR crisis. Do I pull the video down? You know, oh, my God, I'm going to have to stop this. Um, so it really it did shake me quite a bit, um, as it would, I think, anyone, because it's really daunting enough putting the videos out there, especially when no one watches the first two and then all of a sudden on the, the third one, you know, 100,000 people watch it in 24 hours and you're like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> you know, so it's, um, yeah, it was very interesting. So I think in that sense, the reason I really said one was definitely interest um, and just sort of being very curious about the entire sort of landscape um, and then sort of having that little, you know, ounce of encouragement um, from Michael um, and sort of also my sort of mentality of going, oh, what have I got to lose? You know, worst case scenario, just close down the profile and that's it, we'll deal with it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you did that, you know, you saw the positive impact and then you thought, oh, I'll do that again. And it got easier and easier. And then, uh, you know, you created a following. And so people started to say, wow, if you can do this, maybe I can do it. Right. And I think that's what leadership is all about. You listen to people around mm. you that say, oh, there's a strength or there, or you have something that other people should see. And so I think it's really important when people listen to leadership podcasts, you know, they say, oh, well, who were your five people that influenced you? Or when did you start? Or when did you know that you wanted to do more and, and bigger? And so I think that's, that's the key, right? You find what you're good at and what people respond to. And then you keep doing more of it. Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. And that's the thing, like, the, you know, the first, when you take that first leap, it's never going to be easy. It doesn't matter how much you prep yourself up for it um, because it's not natural, you know. It's not natural to sit there and record yourself and feel like you're going insane because you're having a conversation by yourself with your phone and then you're later going to publish it online. You know, it's not a natural thing. Um But what I have seen, you know, in terms of like whether it's some sort of advice that might be helpful to someone is, um, and I've seen it to be really, really effective, and it still is now. I mean, it's an ongoing thing uh, with quite a few people that I speak to and sort of provide coaching through different communities. But um, is when they're sort of prepping up to maybe put their first video on LinkedIn, um, say I'm on a coaching call with them, have a chat to them about it, and I'm sort of giving them that push, you know, come and just get the first one out, and then it'll just flow from there. You'll find your groove, you'll get comfortable with it, monitor the feedback that you get through engagement, see what people like and so forth. But beyond that, um, one thing that I am witnessing to be very, very helpful for people is that, you know, when I say to them, before you post your first video, find whether it's five close friends or, you know, five colleagues or just different people you know professionally that are on LinkedIn and let them know you're putting your first video up or send them the link as soon as you post that first one because um, as much as, you know, it's not all about the vanity metrics, but in terms of that sort of like ego maintenance and stuff and just sort of making sure that you don't, you know, not do it because you don't get that much love on your first post because it does take time with algorithms to build momentum. 
they're just leaning on your existing support networks and saying, hey, guys, this is my first video. Can you go on and support me? Um, you know, it's proving to be really effective for people just to give them that sort of support they need and that encouragement that it's all right, I've got some love, you know, and it's all going to be, it's all going to be all right. So it is, um, yeah, it is something that's proven to be very, very useful for people. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the algorithms because you really know the insides of how all this works. And I think that's really interesting for a lot of listeners that say, well, can't you just post something once a day and and won't that be good enough if if people are hearing my message? So what's your kind of behind the scenes uh, info on that? Yeah, it's it's a good question. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the conversation because you know, there's the sort of, um, you know, sort of less technical side to it, but then obviously we have to appreciate that technical side. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because if you, for example, do searches on Google, for example, trying to find information relating to LinkedIn or how to use LinkedIn, um, you know, the, some of the most frequent questions that come up are how many times do I need to post and what time is the best time to post? And, you know, I think for those two in particular, when it comes to the best time to post, um, every report, most of the reports you can find out there um, from, you know, usually produced by companies that have some sort of bias, but, um, you know, they'll tell you, oh, it's got to be between business hours. It's a business platform. You know, it's got to be between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Um, and In what country? I always say to people that, <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you might post it based on 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, based on where you're located. But if you have a business that runs completely online and, for example, you are targeting an overseas market, then that's probably not going to be the best option for you. So that's where it's really, in terms of that and when you, your decisions around when to post and trying to find the perfect answer, one, there is no one answer for everyone. Um, you know, and the other thing is a lot of it takes sort of trial and error, testing different things, testing different times. One of the earliest things I figured out um, with regards to posting time was around the beauty of trying to tap into different markets and what that can mean for your content, if it's going to serve you, of course. Um, And the reason I discovered that was because, um, particularly at that time, I was quite involved in the sort of hospitality industry. So I've always been quite a night owl. And so really the only time I had capacity to post my videos was at midnight Sydney time. So I'd post them and what I found was that I'd really start to tap into the US audience when I posted at that time. So the videos would perform better and then by the time it would, you know, become sort of say 9 a.m. Sydney the following day, those videos would have gained a lot more momentum on average than the other ones. And so I really started to pay attention to that and go, well, all of these reports that are saying 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., well, they're it's not accurate because I've just proven that for my own profile. But then obviously you need to consider whether or not tapping into those audiences is relevant for you. Um, so from an algorithm perspective, that's certainly one thing to think about is that I suppose appreciating that there isn't a one-size-fits-all um, and the best way you can go about it is just testing different things, you know, testing different times to post and so forth. Um, and on that note, I always, always recommend to people don't use scheduling tools, especially when you get started because then you get into this set-and-forget mentality mm-hmm. and you don't pay attention to how the content's performing. Um, and then the second sort of um, the the second sort of uh, big one is, yeah, so what time to post and then now I've just had a mind blank. What was the other one I said just before? <laughs> uh, now I've had a mind blank. What time to post? Um, 
And then, oh, now I've had a mind break, but we can keep talking about other things to do with the algorithm. Um, so another big thing is um, the first sort of 30 to 60 minutes of a piece of content being um, published mm-hmm. is the single most important time for it. So after 24 hours, it really just start to die down. Um, usually as more and more content is being shared on the platform, um, what we're seeing is you know, it dies off a lot quicker now because it's becoming a lot more diluted. Um, but that first sort of 30 to 60 minutes is really important um, and ensuring that, you know, you do monitor it, um, you know, if you've got the capacity to, say, for even the first 30 minutes. And if someone comments, jumping on straight away and acknowledging that, um, unless, of course, it's not something that, you know, is worthy of you acknowledging and that's subjective, it's up to you to decide um, because, unfortunately, it does happen sometimes. Um, so just giving the content as much love as you can during the sort of, like, early stages of it being live so it does have the opportunity to build as much momentum as possible. That's certainly another big thing. Um, uh, and then in terms of another big one as well on uh, the algorithms is the different content forms. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. What would be your most um, common content form? It would be video or photos probably, photos with a caption for you, Melanie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are talking about articles now and hashtags, you know, so it's like what, yeah. is, what influence did those categories have? Yeah, so the one thing is with the content forms. So articles are sort of, you know, LinkedIn signature content Mm -hmm. form, if you like, and they're still very, very effective. Um, You know, a lot of people say that, um, of course, video is incredibly powerful and that is really the now um, and it's going to increasingly become the future of how we communicate online. Um, But people still do read. Um, So, you know, especially for a lot of people when they get started, they feel pressured that they have to jump on video straight away. Um, But for most people, it can be a good option to just start with writing, you know, write articles, write text posts and so forth. Um, But when it comes to the algorithm specifically, um, you know, the algorithms favour, if you like, different types of content differently. Mm -hmm. So particularly when um, video first launched um, and even now when you first start sharing videos, um, they tend to favour videos a lot more. Um, but what we are noticing is that the PDFs, so I'm not sure if you've um, seen, but you can upload PDFs that people can download. Um, and so what we're seeing is they're getting very, very good reach. Even they get they build their reach momentum quicker than a video. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the engagement on PDF posts, for example, in the form of likes, comments and shares, it does tend to be a lower percentage on average, but they do get that higher reach. Um, so it's good to think about different things like that. So when it does, when it uh, when it comes to using content to build your profile, build your brand, and so forth, thinking about how you can use different content forms to play to the ego of the algorithm, um, and sort of challenge your own comfort zone a little bit as well. So if you do usually write, you know, maybe jump on a video once a month or something like that and try and tap into that. Um, behavior of the algorithm. Um, hashtags as well. Um, it's awesome that you mentioned that because I think probably, I want to say maybe going on seven months ago now um, or even longer, LinkedIn made a major change and they started to, um, I suppose, use hashtags, you know, uh, a lot more on the platform. Um, and there's now become a bigger piece of the puzzle in terms of how our own news feeds are configured. Um, and so what that means is that similar to, say, Instagram or Twitter, for example, um, yeah, hashtags are becoming increasingly important um, in terms of how the recommender systems technically work with an algorithm. So when you think about a recommender system, think about, for example, say, a Netflix. Um, like, do you have Netflix? Yes. Yep. 
Yeah, so say with your Netflix, right, you watch one film and then what Netflix does is it'll give you the recommended for you films and it's doing that based on a recommender system because in the back end they've configured it, there's different, say, tags, if you want to call it that, affiliated with that film you watch. And so they go, okay, well, Melanie watched this, so we think she's going to be interested in these films, so we're going to recommend them to her. Um, and LinkedIn has really started to use hashtags a lot more in that sense for content. Um, so, you know, you can obviously follow hashtags and so forth. Um, and where they're being really aggressive with it is they are using hashtags to create the trending content a lot more. Um, so you may, for example, have received a notification at one point saying, um, you know, for example, Joe has this post trending under hashtag marketing or something to that effect. So what they're doing is saying, okay, well, Joe's posted this piece of content. He's put hashtag marketing because he is saying, suggesting that hashtag marketing is relevant to the post or that's the audience he's trying to tap into. And because we're going to, we're classifying it as trending, we're going to tell some of his connections that we think are interested in hashtag marketing that his post is trending, so they should go and check it out. Um, so I hope that kind of makes sense. Sometimes I end up talking with Richard quickly, but um, it's really important. Um, and one of the best things about the hashtag feature, particularly when it comes to uh, trending content, is that people, it would be um, sort of logical for us to think that in order for a piece of content to be trending, it needs to be similar to that of a, a sort of viral piece of content, you know, with 500 likes and it's got a million views. But what we're seeing is that content is being classified as trending and sometimes it's got two likes, you know, sometimes it's got 200 likes. So in that sense, um, you know, I think more from an encouragement perspective because people tend to go, well, my content's not going to be, it doesn't have a good chance of becoming trending just because I use hashtags because I only have 400 followers. Um, you know, that is not the case at all. Um, so I think that's a really, really important thing to consider, particularly when you are trying to get extra exposure mm-hmm. um, and really build out your reach is making sure that as you flag them, you're yeah, using hashtags. Um, and I, the other thing is with that, um, and then I'll cut myself off at that because I'll talk about it for <laughs> hours, but um, the first three hashtags you use in chronological order in the, the caption are the most important. So say, for example, you put five hashtags with a post in the caption area, the first three are the most important um, because in certain scenarios, those three hashtags will actually be used in the URL. So as a reference to that, the, the URL to that specific post. Um, so although it's not a significant SEO consideration, it is something to be mindful of because just based on the way URLs are configured and so forth, um, it can sort of feed into that. Um, so, yeah, but yeah. Gotcha. No, that's <laughs> that's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people consider that they get comfortable with certain hashtags and they want to change them, but they they maybe cut and paste you know what they're comfortable with, and then they'll change the mm. the ending ones. So you're saying maybe move that to the first and and so the first two or three uh, really co- concentrate on trying to develop a new market with. I think that's really great. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing, right? And if you get a trending piece of content based on a hashtag that you've assigned to that content, LinkedIn will tell you in your notifications. Um, So it's good to pay attention to that because if you, for example, test a hashtag you've never used before but is still relevant um, and you notice that it becomes trending, 
you know, then it's a matter of going, okay, well, is there a way I can leverage that and maybe try and use that hashtag a bit more to capitalize on that? Because I know that if it gets classified as trending, LinkedIn is going to personally notify of my connection mm-hmm. that they should go and check it out. Um, so it's really interesting. It's exciting as well. It is, I love it. It's really exciting. And you're the expert on this. So I love that you joined us today because, wow, that's a lot to think about. And I'm sure people that you know first listen to this are going to be like, oh, I've got to save this because I've got to go back and re-listen to it over and over and over because you know you are comfortable in this space. And so I want to encourage people. I just really appreciate you joining us today, Sally, because um, we've learned a lot and people should be following you. Sally Illingworth, I-L-L-I-N-G-W-O-R-T-H on LinkedIn, on all social media, but you really um, inspire me. So I, I just appreciate you sharing all that you that you have today. Thanks, Melanie. I appreciate it. I'm glad. I'm really looking forward to it. And then when we she did the line earlier, I was like, no, I think we've got to get on this call. This is going to happen. <laughs> and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to um, to chat with you. Um, there's some value in there for people. Sometimes I end up rambling as well because I get too excited. So they might have to put it on like slow-mo so I can understand what I'm saying because I just start rambling and talk way too quick. <laughs> no, 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 no. This has been wonderful because, you know, the LinkedIn Live, that the events that are starting to happen, I think it's really great. And and so people that um, are listening to this, that they can connect to you, tell me um, how, what's the best way to reach out to you? How do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah, as you mentioned, thank you. The best way would be um, on LinkedIn to get under Sally A. Illingworth. Um, that's certainly the best way. Um, and then always catch me in the comments. And I should be doing more LinkedIn lives um, as the, the in the coming weeks as well. I haven't been as active on it, um, but that's certainly something I'm very excited about because we can always engage live in comments and stuff like that then. So, um, yeah, LinkedIn's the best place. That's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go to bed. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a night owl. Thank uh, you so much for having me. This has been really wonderful. I really appreciate you, Sally. Thank you from my heart. And uh, I will see you on LinkedIn, I'm sure. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie. This has been a Joe Egg Studios production.